Welcome to our service here. Thank you so much for being here. Man, last Sunday was a great Sunday, said aloha to the Fowlers. And I woke up, I was all like body aches, fever, the whole thing. I went to the urgent care right after, and they gave me a whole bunch of meds, and I, I actually got some, like some steroid things, and I looked in the mirror today, I think I got a little bigger, you know? <clears throat> Probably not. But um, God is good, you know. Um, I, I was thinking back on <clears throat> the years that Max had been with us. I've been thinking about the church since we started. And I was just thinking about how amazing it all is. Um, how, how God leads us by his Holy Spirit as we follow him as a church, you know. That... Just, I just marvel. <clears throat> just so many times I look back and I think, man, God, you led us in that way at just the right time. And it's right now, there's no accident, really, there's no accident that God's led us <clears throat> to look into the book of Nehemiah at this very, very, very crucial time. And how um, the book of Nehemiah <clears throat> is all about how God used just ordinary men and women. You know, individuals and families um, to, to, to make an impact, to really impact an entire nation. You know, how, how crazy that is. And it started in Jerusalem, often referred to the city of God. It was like the, the focal point of the nation. <clears throat> the first thing that the people set out to do after being away in Babylon in exile for 70 years was, we got to rebuild the temple. So they decided to do, the, to do that. God put it on Nehemiah's heart. And Nehemiah, again, you know, he wasn't like a prophet. He wasn't a king. He wasn't a priest or anything like that. He had a, he had a government position. You know, he was the cupbearer to the king of Persia. And he heard the news and, and it just broke his heart. Because he saw the, he heard about the city being in disrepair. And he, he thought about, you know, they could begin to rebuild things, but... Until those walls are rebuilt, the, the city is really vulnerable. And so it was a, a new season for this city and this, this nation. And uh, with this renewed focus on God, we had a group of people who rebelled against God for all these years. And now they're coming back. And now that they're, they're starting again, that God's giving them a a new start. And, and it's the same way for us here at KCF, that it's really the start of a very significant season for us all. And the truth is, there's nothing more thrilling or rewarding than stepping out in faith. There really isn't anything more rewarding in life than stepping out in faith, following God, and walking in His call. And, and as a church, that's where we are right now. It's a time of new it's a new assignment for some of you as you will be sent off to, to start this new church plant. It's a whole new assignment. And, and for, for those here, this is a new season for our church. That we, we talk about how back in November, we said, God is bringing about new wineskins. <clears throat> 
And in your bulletin, you know, you'll have on the right side in the middle new wineskins and some of the things God is doing. And it's going to be, I believe, the most significant and impactful season in the life of our church so far. It will be so significant that we're going to look back. Now, I want you to remember this time. Because we're going to look back and we're going to think, holy mackerel, look at all God did. And it's going to be amazing that a time in which we're going to look back and we all grew in our relationship as, as, his, as God's followers and in our relationship with God. <clears throat> we're, we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, it was during that time that I grew as, an, as a disciple like no other time. And that we're going to look back and we're going to say, man, we made some great strides going out, making disciples, impacting the world. And, and God's been saying since November, last November at our vision service, God is saying it's time, that it's time for us to walk in everything that God has for us to walk in, to walk in his highest purposes for our lives. And the book of Nehemiah is, is so relevant for us. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at how it starts with sit, kneel, and stand, right? That the first thing we need to do is we need to sit and, 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 and allow our hearts to be broken by the things that breaks God's heart. That when we look out in our community, we look out in our city, in our state, and we see the things that are happening, that it should break our hearts. But we don't stop there, we kneel. When we, when we hear about this, for some of us, we would want to just run and hide. Others, we would just want to charge and do something. But the most important thing, what Nehemiah did was you stop, you kneel. And you pray and you fast. You say, God, do you see what's going on? Or I know you see what's going on. And, and I need to know, what do you want me to do? What is your plan? And we seek God for his plan. And then when he speaks and when his plan is clear to us, then we stand and we act in obedience. And that's what Nehemiah did. And that's what we looked at. And last week, we looked at how God has called all of us here, all of us, to, to be a leader, to, to lead and to do something significant. And that God calls us and he will equip and provide for us if we are willing to follow and submit to him. And we talked about how God uses a person who takes time to receive God's clear call. He uses a person who, who takes time to, to really seek God for his plans. And that's a real hard one for me because a lot of times I kind of sense I know what God wants to do and I just want to go ahead and do something, anything, because I got to do something. And God says, no, the person I use in a powerful and impactful way is a person who will, who will stop and seek me for my plans. And then God will use a person who shares God's call with others, shares what's on their hearts with others, and invites people to join in. And if I could sum up God's call to us as we walk in this really critical time, it's what John Wesley said, that give me 100 men, Give me 100 people, men and women, who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they are clergymen or pastors or laymen, doesn't matter. 
they alone will shake the gates of hell and set the kingdom of heaven upon this earth. And I believe God is saying that he's called all of us to be counted in that 100. That's our call. That what could we do? What can God do with people who really, really desire nothing but God and fear nothing but sin? What could he do? I tell you what, we're going to find out. We're going to find out because that's where we're headed. And moving forward is going to be thrilling, it's going to be exciting. But I tell you what, as we move forward, there's, there's, going, to be, there's going to be challenges as well. You know, that we're going to experience God in ways we've never experienced before. That we are going to see our lives as transformed. Uh, if you're single, God's going to give you just a purpose for your life that you've never had before and maybe more. And, and if you're married and if you have kids, you're going to see your marriage get strengthened and your, your, your family get strengthened. And you're going to see God do amazing things. And when God does those amazing things, He's saying to us, it's not just for us. God is not blessing us just for us. He's blessing us to be a blessing. And I keep thinking of what Jesus said in Acts 1.8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses throughout the world, telling people about who I am and what I'm all about. And I think about the word witness. Is, it's a person who shares what they see. It's a person who shares what they've experienced. And as we go and, and we just share with people what God has done in our lives, we're being witnesses. You know, we're being witnesses. And God's going to bless so much because he wants the world to be blessed. And he's going to bless you to bless others. That he has blessed us to be a blessing to the world. But in this process, unfortunately, there is an enemy. And, and there's going to be a lot of faith-stretching times. Ask Nehemiah. <clears throat> James 1, 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider what? An opportunity for great joy. When troubles come, it's a good thing, is what James is saying. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. So when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. That, that, that God is going to bring in challenges and trouble to strengthen our faith, to bring about endurance, so we become complete, that we become healthy, that we become strong. And, and here's the thing. When we begin to follow him, we're going to encounter challenges. And I get really excited about that, sort of. See, Nehemiah and the people experience challenges as things are going really great. And all of a sudden, 
they encounter some opposition. And there's something really important that we can learn. <clears throat> and something that I get really excited about. We don't face opposition because we're doing something wrong. We face opposition because we're doing something right. When we are on the right track, we experience opposition. We have an enemy, a real, true enemy. He's the devil. He's Satan. He's not just this made-up thing. He opposes everything that God wants to do. In 1 Peter 5, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. Our great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. John 10.10 talks about him again. The thief's purpose, the enemy's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. We have an enemy. He He wants to devour. He wants to destroy. He wants to steal and kill. And he will oppose us when we're doing something right, not when we're doing something wrong. When we're doing something wrong, when we're not doing anything Um, follow the Lord, all that stuff. He doesn't really care. He's happy. You know, we're not a threat. But when we are walking close to God, we get his attention. That's why there are times, you know, that when now when we're headed in a certain direction and I sense a lot of spiritual warfare, in a a way, I kind of get excited. David Yadamari says, times of advancement, they, they used to hear like rats running around their, uh, in their ceiling. And I go, yes! Oh, too bad, Dave. You know, but I get excited. You know, um, someone in our church who's one of our leaders, um, over the weekend, I think two or three of, their, the, of the cars that are in their driveway and stuff were all broken into. Like, what a bummer. But it's an indication that we are on the right track. Because we don't face opposition when we're doing something wrong. It's when we're doing something right. You know, there are times when my wife is headed to one of her prayer meetings. She goes, oh man, I'm tired. I feel really junk. I didn't sleep good last night. I go, ha ha, it's going to be a great meeting. I shouldn't say it like that. I just go, oh, poor thing, honey. But you see, we have an enemy. And for the book of Nehemiah, we can learn some things about where we are now and how we have an enemy and he wants to bring in discouragement. But God will show us a way that we can defeat that discouragement. So if you got your bulletin, you can look real quick, <clears throat> highlight some stuff. First thing, we have an enemy who will attempt to discourage you. And he's going to discourage you from the outside. He's going, outside forces are going to come in and he'll use external forces to discourage you and cause you to quit. That's what was happening when the walls were going up. Nehemiah verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Sanballat was very angry when he heard that we were rebuilding the walls. He flew into a rage, mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Samaritan army officials or officers, What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? 
do they think they can build the wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stone from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse even if a fox jumped along the top of it. I love that. You know, even back then, there was trash talking going on. You know, it's crazy, right? It didn't just start. Man, it was just trash talking back then. And Samballot and Tobiah, they were like political figures. And they really didn't want to see the work get done. And because they wanted to keep the people weak and broken and dependent upon them. See? And so they began to publicly mock the people. And whenever you begin to walk in God's call, you will face opposition from the outside. You will face criticism. People will mock you. People will look at you in a strange way. People will even get mad at you for the stand you might take for God and truth and righteousness. They're going to say, what? You believe that? School and friends, you know, at work, even family, you know, you're going to be tempted to, to, to really circle the wagons and go like, man, I don't know if this is all worth it. You know, just like, man, people are just kind of up in arms. You're going to hear people say things like, you really believe that? I mean, you really believe that? You really want to spend all that time with the church? I mean, don't you need to focus on things more important? You begin to hear the, whis- the enemy whisper in your ear, like, hey, don't get involved. Hey, they got a ministry fair today. Don't do it. Don't do it. Take care of yourself first. You know how busy you are? You don't need another thing. In fact, don't do anything. Just come. Come to the service. That's good enough. Eat Karen's food. It's pretty good. Take care of your kids. And when your kids get old, then maybe you can give God some of that time. And And our enemy wants to stop us. And he'll bring all kinds of noise and all kinds of stuff on the outside to oppose and discourage you. Not only that, he will try to discourage you from the inside. Verse 10, then the people of Judah began to complain. They heard the talk, they began to complain. The workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the walls by ourselves. They were all gung-ho. They were ready, they were willing, they were like excited, they were enthusiastic, they were passionate. And when you're doing something for God, the enemy is going to try to bring some stuff on the inside, like those whispering thoughts. And becoming discouraged from the inside is really, really easy, right? Doesn't take much. When I was sick this past week, and I was thinking about all the activity and the things to get done. And I thought, look at Tammy. 
working so hard on that ministry fair. Look at Tammy and Nathan trying to work something out, you know, with, with and look at Annie and Jimmy and Claudine and Tiff, and they're trying to, you know, start up, um, you know, this children's ministry and, you know, Jeanette and Tyson, guys, all, and they're all doing something. And everybody's doing something. Even David Yadamari is doing something. And here I am. I'm doing nothing. And, 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 and thoughts come in, like, right, just quit. You're old. You're old now. You did your part. You're old. Get your senior citizen discount and just... And it's really easy, you see. It's really easy. It's easy to get discouraged from the inside. You know, so excited that we have the opportunity to send out a team to start a church that's going to reach people that we're not going to reach here. That's what it's all about. And I was praying, God, it's going to hurt. But we need you to send out people who are good people, who are leaders. Just don't take Tammy. I didn't say that. I kind of did. Okay. But as a team is going out, it leaves a gaping hole in the hall across the way there. We had such great people working in our children's programming on Sunday morning. And, and they're going to do something great at the new church. But it leaves a hole there. And God's raised up, you know, Jimmy and Annie Fong, Tiff Kawaguchi, Claudine Takatsuka, you know, to, to begin to rebuild the walls. Because it's important. Because it's more than childcare. We've never just looked at it as childcare. It's discipling the next generation. And it's exciting. And yet when, when the team looks and sees all the volunteers and teachers and helpers that are needed to move forward, it can get really discouraging. What are we going to do, Mark? Well, we're going to pray. And like Nehemiah, we can choose to stop. Or we can choose not to be deterred, turn to God for strength, and he will provide the perfect plan, and he will provide all that we need to move forward, but the enemy will try to discourage us from the inside. See? Why? Because he opposes us when we're doing something right, not when we're doing something wrong. And friends, I want to tell you, we're on the right track. And there will be discouragement. But, but, Second thing is we have a loving God, a loving and powerful God who will help us defeat discouragement. See, the thing that I love about God, he calls us 
He gives us the plan. When we encounter discouragement, He gives us the way to defeat discouragement. He gives us everything we need. And Nehemiah could have given up and given in to the discouragement, but he turned to God for strength and for help. And in verse 14, he says, Then as I looked over the situation, he's hearing stuff, hearing the mocking, the threats, hearing the people. He looked over the situation. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Do not be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. And it is one verse God uses Nehemiah to encourage and exhort the people and to teach us how we can defeat discouragement. And the first thing he says is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That, that when you face opposition, when you look and there's gaping holes and when there's like threat and you're just wondering what's going to happen, God is saying don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. When we are discouraged, we, need to make a dis- we really need to make a decision not to quit, not to be afraid. Why? Nehemiah goes on and he gives us two reasons why. The second thing, we don't be afraid. And then what? We remember who God is. We remember who God is. We defeat opposition, criticism, all that stuff, fear, when we remember who God is. That's what Nehemiah told the people. Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. We face challenges in the life of our church. We've chased huge challenges. And if you were here from the beginning, and if you were here for the journey, you were here for this quest, hasn't God met every need and every situation? Hasn't he been shown faithful in every situation? In every situation, he's shown himself to be faithful. When we couldn't go in on a, when we didn't have any place to go on an Easter because something happened at Roosevelt and we weren't going to have it, and a few months before, I'm like, where are we going to go? And God opened up McKinley. And then when we find out, oh no, we can't go in on Saturday, there's no way we can set up everything for an Easter service at McKinley Auditorium. We've never been there before, just on a Sunday morning beforehand. God opened the doors and said, I don't know how it worked out, but you're going to be there on Saturday, Saturday morning. And we get to go there on Saturday morning. And every single situation, we don't have enough this, we don't have enough that. How are we going to get chairs? How are we going to... Every step along the way, every step along the way, God has showed himself faithful. And we need to remember when we are facing discouragement, when you are facing discouragement, you might be facing discouragement in your life right now. There may be a challenge in your life right now, and God is saying to you, don't be afraid. Remember who God is. Think. That's the beauty of communion. It helps us to focus back and remember who God is. And remember in your life, hasn't God, be, God been faithful to this point? That our God is faithful. And we need, and we need to remember who he is. 1 John 4 says, but you belong to God. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You belong to God, my dear children. 
you have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. God is greater than he that's in the world. And, and, and our God lives inside of us. So much so that we are his children and we belong to him. Do you think that our God, who is all-powerful, will allow something to happen to his beloved children? No. That's what John is saying. Instead of thinking about and looking at all what the enemy is trying to do, we got to remember and focus on who God is, on who God is. This past week, I, I'm kind of a baby when I get sick. I mean, that's the only time. I know, I know, you know. I'm just, it's, I don't, you know, I, but I, you know, and I was just kind of feeling sorry for myself. Just feeling sorry for myself. Sometimes you all feel sorry for yourself. Being sorry for myself, being sick. I said, man, I gotta take the steroids. I'm not getting bigger. Making me sick. All of a sudden, I felt God say, what are, you, what, are you, what are you going to be telling the people on Sunday about? Right? He's wise sometimes. And I said, yeah, I know. Don't be afraid. Remember who you are. And I just put some earphones in, listen to some music to remember who God is. And you know what? What's the crazy thing? I think about it right now. It changed everything. It began to change my perspective. You know? And we need to remember who God is. And then, so Nehemiah is saying, don't be afraid. He's saying, remember who God is. Just don't look what the enemy is doing. Remember who God is. And then the third thing, stay together. Stay together and fight. Stay together and fight. I like that. We stay together and we just beef. We stay together. Okay. We don't fight on our own, but together we stand and we fight. Nehemiah exhorts his people and he says this, fight for your brothers, fight for your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes, he says, stay together and fight, but don't fight for yourself. Don't fight for yourself. Because if you will fight for yourself, you're going to give up, you're going to surrender. But if you fight for something beyond yourself, you fight for something you love. Someone who couldn't make it without you. If you fight for someone else, God will give you a spiritual strength you could never have on your own. God is saying, stand together and fight. Don't do it for you. Do it for the kids. Do it for the people you love. But together, fight. It's important we stay together and we fight together. Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. That's his promise. How do we do that? 
Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But we got to encourage one another. We got to do that, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And it's so important that we stay together and we fight together. And that's why it's so important that we gather here together on Sunday morning for worship service. It's that's why it's so important that we get together into life groups. And you'll be hearing more about that. Because we cannot do this alone. That together we fight. Together we fight. You see, God is calling us together. He's calling all of us together. And you say, I don't know, I'm just a weak person. That's okay, just do your part. The thing I love about Nehemiah when I read and I visualize, what I saw was the people of Israel organizing under Nehemiah. And they had families. There were families and clans that would take an area of that two and a half perimeter of this wall. And they would have like the, the roads are over here. You know, the Momoharas was over here. And they would go on and on. And, and they would go around and families together. They would work together. And they would pray together. And they would stay together. And they would fight together. And together they built the wall. This is a significant time. We don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. We fight against our spiritual enemy who opposes us. Not when we're doing something wrong, but because we're doing something right. And opposition is going to come from the outside. Opposition is going to come and discouragement is going to come from the inside. But like Lee Nehemiah, we need to not be afraid. We need to remember who God is. And we need to remember to stay together and fight. Look what Nehemiah and the crew did. Look what they did. Verse 15. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half my men worked while the others, other half stood guard with spears and shields, bowls, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried their work with one hand supporting their load and with one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side, and the trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. They prepared themselves. They weren't afraid. They remembered who their God was, and they prepared to fight. Tools in one hand and, and weapons in the other, and they stayed together. And that's what we're going to do. That's where we are, and that's what we're going to do. That's right where we are. And it's going to take all of us. It's going to take every single one of us. That God has a call for your life. And we all work together on this. We need every single person. The wall would not have been rebuilt if families said, ah, too busy. But they all got together. I need you. The church needs you. We need you. 
We need you because we need to fight together. Can't fight on my own. We got to do this together. But this is going to be the greatest season in the life of this church. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you. I pray that you would speak to every person, to every heart, that we would all be counted in to that 100. That we are saying to you, Father, use us, that we want to see what we can do, that you've called us to something grace. We want to walk in it today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.